What's going on guys? It's Luca from Final Whistle Sports News and we're back out again with another episode of the Final Whistle Sports Pod. We had a huge football weekend. It was NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. We had five mashups this weekend with one coming tonight. This episode of the pod, we're going to talk about the games this weekend that took place and we're going to preview the Cardinals Rams game that's going to take place this Monday night. So to start off, we're going to start off with the first game of the whole weekend. It was the Raiders versus the Bengals. Now going into this game, the Raiders won four straight games. And you hear it all the time. Sometimes it's not about, you know, what going into the playoffs. It's about how hot you are going into it. We've seen teams that, you know, start the season really well. And then towards the end, they start to die out a little bit. And then they just poop it out in the playoffs. But you have teams that maybe, you know, don't start off amazing. They start off 500, whatever. But then they win a lot of games consecutively going into the playoffs, you know, into December, right? Ending this regular season off with a lot of wins. They got a lot of momentum. And, you know, they might not be the number one seed. They might not be the number two seed. But that's a team you got to look out for. And the Raiders, they were able to do this. And this Raiders team has really gotten through adversity all year. We've seen it. You know, they had a phenomenal start to the season. They were first place in the AFC West, exceeding all expectations, especially when they're in the same division as the Chargers and the Chiefs who were seen prior to the season starting as obviously just playoff locks. And, you know, they started off really, really well. And they even in, like, you know, in games and crunch time, they've won four games in overtime. That's huge. So they understand the moment. Like, they're ready for it. So, you know, it, before this game, honestly, I, you guys probably saw it in the post on our Instagram page. I did take the Raiders in this game. I thought, you know, the Raiders just having this momentum and just going through so much adversity and just, you know, running through the roof with it. I thought that they would have a game, you know, win this game, especially against a Bengals team who, you know, a lot of these guys on that team never played a playoff game before. So I thought that could have been a possibility. But, you know, I was wrong. And, you know, I talk about momentum with the Raiders. You have to talk about momentum with the Bengals as well. Week 17 of the whole season, people are on and off about the Bengals. You know, they're not sure if they're super-duper legit quite yet. They play the Chiefs week 17. And listen, do the Bengals have an amazing defense? Not really. But they proved that, you know what? Patrick Mahomes, you want to get in a shootout? Let's do it. Let's do it. We can compete with you. We can outdo you in a shootout. And that's exactly what the Bengals did. They ended up winning 34-31. to Huge win. Big confidence boost. And everyone around the NFL really took that game. Really shocked them. It's like, all right, these Bengals, you know, this might be their year. You know, they're a decent team. They beat, you know, arguably one of the best teams in the AFC. They can be one to watch. And, you know, in this game, um, it was a close game. Um, however, you know, that Burrow chase connection you saw it it was insane you know chase had chase got nine passes for 116 yards that man was on a mission and he was tearing up that not so great raiders defense but you know even with this being said you know the raiders really had a chance to win this game you know they weren't completely out of it you know fourth quarter you know they had an opportunity to drive down the field with you know about a minute left on the clock they got very very close Unfortunately, you know, fourth and goal, you know, Derek Carr, he threw the interception. He's just trying to fight it, you know, get the ball into a very, very tight window. Um, but it's it was a wild game. You know, Raiders had their opportunities. But the one thing I did notice about the Raiders that did seem kind of odd, and I get it, they had the head coaching switch because obviously the John Gruden situation. It seemed like their play calls took a while to get in because you see, like, a lot of the plays, you know, Derek Carr is like five seconds left in the clock. He's still looking audible. You know, they get out of their huddle with, like, 
15 to 10 seconds left on the play clock. And I don't know if there's something wrong with the communication devices between the mics and, you know, Derek Carr's helmet. Or if, you know, the OC for the Raiders was indecisive with his playmaking or play calls. But that was something that was really interesting. And I feel like I haven't heard anyone really talk about it. I mean, that's a huge struggle. When you're a quarterback, you want to get that play call in. You want to line up in a line of scrimmage with, you know, at least 20 seconds left on the play clock. Read the defense, call a couple audibles, see what you can see. And be able to make, you know, a nice calculated, you know, throw afterwards. Because you're able to read and understand that defense. It looked like Carr didn't get the opportunity because the play call came in either too late. Or, you know, they had trouble communicating it. It could have been Carr's fault as well. Maybe he didn't call the play right or he had problems listening to it. I don't really know. But, you know, at the end of the game, you know, the Raiders, they lost this game. And there's a lot of question marks going, you know, into it that, you know, they might move on from Carr and they might move on from the interim head coach. I think you have to stick with Carr. You know, he's shown this whole season he's been a great leader for the Raiders. I don't remember any other team going through a situation that the Raiders did this year. The fact that he was able to lead them into the playoffs and keep them close in a playoff game against arguably one of the best teams in the AFC, that is impressive. And honestly, it's not like this Raiders team is built like a dream team. They have a lot of holes. Um, I think the Raiders, know they should stick with Carr and try to revamp that defense, get some picks, maybe make some trades for other you know high-quality defensive players because that's kind of their weakness. I think Carr's good enough to win football games with in the NFL, and I can and you can see he's a great leader on that team, and everyone respects him on the offensive end and defensive end, the whole team. So I think that's someone I have to keep. But one thing I do want to mention about this game is the officiating. Now, for the most part, it was solid, but there's one play that really you know raised a lot of question marks, and it was that play where the refs blew the whistle in the second quarter where Burrow threw a touchdown pass to Boyd. Now, Burrow did step out of bounds, and no, that should have been a touchdown. The problem is the ref blew the whistle. And the funny thing about it is the ref was literally right in front of Burrow. He's the closest guy out of all the other officials. And Burrow clearly did not step out of bounds. And the fact that he blew his whistle, that was like indecisive. And I think that was, you know, that's not right. You know, I feel like as an official, if you're not sure what the play is, especially when a team's in the red zone, let it happen. And then you can review it because through the rules, you're not really, so they did this, but once the whistle's blown, the whistle's blown, the play's dead. And you can't just review it and be like, oh, never mind, he wasn't out of bounds, he blew the whistle anyway. Now, it did really change the factor of the play. Probably not. You know, the Raiders' corner didn't look like he was going to get to the ball. He did pause for a little bit, but that's something that I think these officials got to fix. Just let the play go. You have the technology to fix it or, you know, help you out, assist you with the play. And I think that's something they're going to have to improve on. And, again, officiating is not an easy job. Is very difficult. I would never want to do it. This is something I believe they do have to clean up. The next game from this weekend consisted of the Bills and the Patriots. Now, I thought this game was going to be the game of the week. You know, both these teams, they split the series 1-1, each, you know, one away. And, no, I thought this would be one of the better games. You know, Bill Belichick, mastermind of a coach. Bills, who were just, you know, an absolute force offensively and defensively. I thought this was going to be the game of the weekend. And wow, was I far from it. Um, you know, this, you know, before the game, it was lining up to look like their first matchup week 13. You know, very interesting weather. It was about zero degrees in Buffalo. Um, a little bit of, you know, wind going on. And it looked like it was going to play in favor to the Patriots because, you know, that week 13 matchup, you know, crazy 40 mile per hour wins. And again, it was very cold as well. 
The Patriots are able to dominate the game running the ball well and playing good defense. And this game, you know, it kind of seemed like, all right, the Patriots are probably going to try to do the same exact thing. And, you know, it's cold temperatures. It's not easy to throw the ball. And the Bills, you know, strength offensively is passing the ball. And, they're, you know, their best rushing threat is their quarterback, Josh Allen. So, obviously, they like to put themselves in a lot of passing situations. But Josh Allen said, you know what? Forget about that cold weather. That don't matter. He literally passed for 308 yards, five touchdowns. And went 21 for 25. He only missed four passes in zero-degree weather. Like, that's – you look in the record books, like, you're not going to see performance like that. When it's cold like that, it makes throwing the football harder. It makes catching the football harder. It makes running the routes harder. It's a crazy feat. But Josh Allen balled out. Now, there was a huge turning point in this game. It was, what I believe, the first possession or second possession the Patriots had. Mac Jones throws a deep ball. Looked like it was going to be a nice completion. You know, he had it in a good spot. And then out of nowhere, Buffalo's safety, Micah Hyde, comes in with the interception. And that looked to just deflate the bubble from the Patriots. You know, if that pass is completed, we might have seen a different game. But, you know, we'll never know. That was a great interception, a great play by that Buffalo defense. And honestly, the most impressive thing about this game is the Bills literally scored a touchdown on every single possession they had, other than, you know, kneeling it out at the end of the game and kneeling it out at the end of the first half. I'm going to be honest, I'm 19 years old. I've been watching football for, you know, a decent amount of time. I've never seen this. This is something you see in Madden. This is when, you know, you're playing a rookie difficulty and you're just lighting it up, throwing touchdowns every single play. I've never seen this in real life before. It was insane. The Patriots defense could do nothing, literally nothing to stop this Bills defense, which is very interesting because Bill Belichick is known as a defensive mind, you know, a great defensive mind, arguably one of the best ever. And the fact that they struggled this much, they couldn't make the Bills punt once. It's phenomenal. You know, Bill Belichick, you know, great, great, great defensive mind, great coach. And to put it more into account, Belichick's only, this is the third time Belichick's ever given up more than 35 points in a football game. Like, this stuff just doesn't happen. So I think the league, you know, they're going to have to, you know, look at these Bills and be like, oh, they're a problem. Because this AFC East, this Bills, are gonna, they're going to dominate them for years to come. I mean, the Patriots don't lose like this. They haven't lost like this in, like, the past 20 years. So the, the tides are turning. And this Bills, you know, if I'm an AFC team, I do not want to play the Bills in the playoffs right now. I get that I'll likely play them home, but I do not want to play them. I would be scared. And this Bills team, it's something to look out for. This is the Bills team we all thought they were going to be during the regular season, right? Preseason, a lot of teams, you know, or a lot of people, analysts, reporters, thought that the Bills would be, you know, Super Bowl contender. And they struggled a little bit in the season. But are they peaking at the right time? I think they are. If I'm the Kansas City Chiefs next week, I'm a little bit scared. I'm a little bit scared. It's going to be an interesting matchup. But next, we're going to talk about another matchup here. Eagles versus the Bucks. Uh, to be honest, there wasn't much expectation for this game. You know, a lot of people didn't think the Eagles were going to compete. I think everywhere I've seen, all the posts everywhere, had the Bucks win this game. I didn't meet or hear a single person say the Eagles were going to win and were being, like, realistic and not being comical. Um, but, you know, some might have argued that, you know, maybe, listen, Brady, the whole AB situation, 
you know, they got new wide receivers. They don't have Godwin anymore. You know, they have new set receivers. You know, they might not Brady might not have that connection with them, and they might struggle. And that's you know, that makes sense to assume. But you gotta remember, this is Tom Brady. He's intelligent. It doesn't matter who's throwing the ball to. He's gonna complete it. He's gonna have success. He just he just reads the game so well, and you saw it in this Eagles game. He was getting first downs with ease. It didn't seem like a very much of a problem for him. He was reading the defense, getting the ball out quick, especially with you know some of his offensive linemen getting you know a little bit knocked up, a little injured throughout the game. He was smart. He got the ball out of his hands to avoid taking a lot of hits, and that's just the genius of Tom Brady. He's like a coach on the field. He understands where the ball has to go and when it has to go to a certain place, and that's the you know the Brady magic. So be happy that you're here and you're living it. But, you know, I do got to end with this for this game. You got to give a congratulations to the Eagles. Yes, they did not win this playoff game. But me and many other people counted the Eagles out completely this year. I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. Honestly, I thought they were going to have a top five pick. So what Coach Sirianni's doing over there, you know, to be in a year where they're, you know, seem to be rebuilding and they made the playoffs, that's quite impressive for them. And this is something they're definitely have to build off of. They're going to have to make improvements, and they will. But... This was a quite, you know, an interesting season for the Eagles and something that, you know, really, you know, exceeded their expectations. The second game that occurred this Sunday that aired on Nickelodeon, shout out to Nickelodeon, was the 49ers versus the Cowboys. Now, although neither of these teams are really considered serious Super Bowl contenders going into the season and even going into these playoffs, this is a rivalry that's been huge and has been marked in NFL history, especially in the 90s when both these teams are extremely talented and play each other in very important playoff games. This game, you know, took place in Jerry World. You know, the atmosphere is insane. You know, Cowboys fans had a whiteout. They were, you know, trying to create that, you know, epic atmosphere. But the 49ers started off this game hot. They went up 13-0, and the Cowboys started off very, very slow. You know, this has kind of been the story of them this whole entire season. When they play the NFC East teams, they cook on them, right? They absolutely obliterate them. Because we got to be honest, the NFC East teams, they weren't very talented this year. So it'd be easy, it's much easier to score a lot of points on them. But when they started to play against a really good team, they started to struggle, you know, coming out of the game, right? Starting the game. And then the game goes on, the game goes on, and then they finally start to, you know, find their stride. And then they start to, you know, a comeback effort, and then they go short. They come up short. And again, this is another situation of that. You know, the Cowboys, they couldn't get much going offensively. And defensively, it was very tough for them to you know, stop this 49ers offense. They got some good field position early. And it was just, you know, a terrible start for the Cowboys. Um, but then the Cowboys, you know, they started to find their groove towards the end of the second quarter, going into the third quarter. Um, a big play they had was that fake punt. And that was huge, especially in that situation. I know I was watching the game. I'm like, there's no way. Why are they punting this? Like, they're down by, you know, two scores. They, they you know, have no momentum. They need this. They need to – they should have went for it. And they did hit the fake punt button. And Anger had an absolute dime of a pass. Shout out to him. They get the first down. And then this was an interesting situation. The Cowboys kept their punting unit on the field to try to go no huddle. I don't know if they're trying to catch the 49ers, you know, trying to rotate their defense in and get 12 men on the field or an offsides penalty or something and get a free play. But for some reason, the ref stood in front of the ball. And that was something that, you know, gave me a little bit of a question mark. You know, if the offense makes a substitution, then, okay, the ref needs to stand in front of the ball and let the defense have an opportunity to make a sub. 
But initially, the Cowboys did not look like they wanted to make a sub, and the 49ers were trying to make a sub. They eventually got their defense on the field. The rest still stood in front of the ball, and then the Cowboys were kind of like, uh, okay, maybe we shouldn't run um, our punt team, run a play against the 49ers starting defense. So then they, you know, they rotate, they bring in their offense, and this, I guess, gives another situation where the 49ers are able to sub and the refs stop the play. And this is something interesting. I've never seen this before. The refs are standing in front of the ball, and the 49ers defense was set. They didn't look like they are going to make any subs. The Cowboys weren't making any more subs. And they still stand in front of the ball, and they got a delayed game penalty. Now, that was a big momentum shift there. So the Cowboys, they were kind of driving. It was looking good after that play. But they ended up having to settle for a field goal after this, which was, you know, not the best. But, again, they started, you know, very slow early on. You go on more in the game, and it looks like the 49ers are going to win. But then Garoppolo throws an interception and injects some hope into the Cowboys fans. The Cowboys drive down the field, and Dak Prescott runs a touchdown in. The game gets close. The 49ers, you know, they're driving down the field. They come up short. They punt to the Cowboys. The Cowboys, you know, they don't really – they have that fourth and 11 around midfield. They try to heave it deep to Cedric Wilson, but Dak got absolutely pressured from all angles, incompletion. And then at this point, I was like, all right, the Cowboys are done. They might have three timeouts, but, you know, the 49ers just need a first down. It's over. They have great field position. Like, this is ideal for the 49ers. And the 49ers, you know, they're running, they're running, running. And then here we go. We got fourth and inches. So close. It's crazy how football can be decided. Just such small margins. And they try, they're, they're, like, they're going to go for it. And they line up. And they have an illegal motion. And then they go back. Fourth and five, they punt it. Now, they punted the Cowboys, right? They're on about, I believe, there was their 10-yard line. There's only 40 seconds left. They have no timeouts. So you're thinking, all right, they're done. Like, it's going to be a really tall task for the Cowboys to, you know, have any chance. They need six points. They need to score a touchdown on the win. It's not like they only need a field goal. So here we go. So the 49ers, you know, an ideal situation. And, you know, the Cowboys are driving down the field. They get out of bounds. They're stopping the clock. They had a hook and ladder with C.D. Lamb and Cedric Wilson. Great play call. They're driving. They're driving. They're driving. And, you know, they're about at the, you know, 49ers 40-yard line. 14 seconds left. Again, they need a touchdown. They have no timeouts. So this becomes that, you know, interesting kind of period where you're like, you want to get out of bounds. The 49ers are playing the out of bounds. And the Cowboys call a QB sneak. And Dak runs for, I believe it was like 10, 15 yards. You know, got a lot better field position to possibly set up a touchdown pass. But they had no timeouts. And so they're exceeding. They're trying to spike that ball. And unfortunately, they weren't able to do it in time. And one of the weird factors, again, a lot of fans are questioning this. The officiating on placing the ball. Yes, the Cowboys were stupid. Dak Prescott should have handed the ball right to the ref instead of to the center. Obviously, you need the ref to spot the ball. That's how the rules work. That's how it's always been. But if you notice, the ref, when he went to go spot the ball, he double pumps it. He doesn't know where he's going to put it. He puts it in one spot and then moves it again, and the Cowboys aren't going to have enough time to snap it. Now, people can talk about that being the reason they lost, but after reviewing and looking at those plays, it wasn't the most ideal play call from you know, Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, whoever did that in that situation. You know, you, you shouldn't run it. You know, 14 seconds is very tough to, you know, get your guys back together and spike it again. I mean, on that play, they, they got the yards. I mean, that was a positive part. But the time, it just wasn't – there wasn't enough time to spike it. And they were so close, but they just couldn't get to it. But watching that play, you know, you see Dak run. There's an opportunity for him. Pollard is wide. No one is in any kind of vicinity to him. He's near the sideline. Dak should have tried to pitch it, in my opinion. Dak should have tried to give it a go and pitch it to Pollard. He would have caught it, ran out of bounds. There probably would have been, like, seven seconds left. 
the Cowboys are going to have a realistic chance. They'll be on, like, you know, the 30-yard line to get in the end zone. But, you know, this doesn't didn't happen. And, you know, there's a lot of question marks going at the, the coaches of the Cowboys. You know, Mike McCarthy seemingly on the hot seat for his poor time management throughout the whole season. Um, you got Kellen Moore, too, who, you know, a lot of people – a lot of teams want to interview him for the head coaching position. Now, I've watched a lot of Cowboys games this year. I don't think he's quite ready for that right now. I mean, I think he needs more experience at a coordinator position. But if you see, I mean, some plays looks like it's amazing he does, but other plays is really questionable. I mean, there's some a lot of times throughout the season, it'd be, you know, second and seven or third and seven, whatever. And he just sends everyone on go routes, which I get it. You know, running go routes, it can stretch the field. And maybe you're confident and your receiver can beat a guy one-on-one with speed and jump up and get the ball. But every time he calls this, he sends, like, all five of his receivers on the go route. That's very hard to complete. I mean, in the NFL, corners, you know, they can run backwards straight. You know, they can do that. They're not they're not that bad. And, like, these receivers are not giving, like, you know, a tight little post route after, you know, maybe running 10 yards or 7 yards. But, you know, like, with this, I feel like it would have been better if, you know, you send those guys on go routes, but then you have someone come across. Because they can make a play after the catch and get that first down. So, you know, both these coaches are, you know, a little hot. See, Kellen Moore, there's rumors he's going to be co- you know, a head coach of another team. He's getting interviews. And we'll see what happens. I mean, maybe some of the teams see some things in him that maybe we don't see. Um, but we'll see. But, again, I mentioned all these things. But the realistic reason why the Cowboys lost this game was because they had 14 penalties. I mean, you can't expect to win any football game when you have 14 penalties. No, a lot of his undisciplined was offsides, it was false starts, it was holdings, it was a lot a lot of that stuff, you know, was unnecessary. And that was a big reason why the Cowboys lost this game. I do give a lot of credit to the 49ers though. They have such a dynamic offense. They move the ball so well and they're so dynamic with you know, they don't stick with one guy. You know, Debo Samuel can, you know, do a lot of work through, you know, the run game and the pass game, and it's hard to cover him. But then again, you also have Kittle who can block really well and obviously he's a great receiver as well. You got, you know, Ayuk who's been a guy this year for the 49ers. And Garoppolo, you know, although he didn't have, you know, the perfect game, he managed the game pretty well. And, you know, this 49ers team, you know, it's going to be a team that, you know, all the teams in the NFC are going to have to look out for. You know, they're very dynamic defensively. They play pretty well. They're very good, you know, on the front defensive line and their linebackers. So, you know, they're going to be a team to watch. But this definitely was an interesting game. You know, a lot of Cowboys fans are upset the officiating. But, you know, sometimes you got to point the fin- finger to your players, too. You know, not executing and maybe some decisions by the coaches. But, yeah, this game was, you know, a very interesting one. But we see the 49ers will advance. The final game on Sunday was between the Steelers and the Chiefs. And going into this game, you know, many people had zero expectation for the Steelers. I mean, you heard, everyone's heard the Ben Roethlisberger interview press conference during the week. He pretty much said that, hey, out of all the 14 teams in the playoffs, the Steelers are probably the 14th best team. You know, we're not supposed to be here, really. And that we're just going to go out there and we're going to have fun. And everyone counted the Steelers out. No one thought they'd make this a good game. There was just no expectation. They thought, you know, Patrick Mahomes and that high-flying offense was just going to dominate them from the get-go. And although they did end up dominating the Steelers, they didn't start off the way that everyone thought. So, you know, the, the, although the Steelers' offense struggled early, their defense had a very great start to the game. You know, they picked off Mahomes, and they also got a bumble recovery for a touchdown by T.J. Watt. They went up 7-0. Let's be honest, 
No one thought the Steelers were going to lead in this game at any point. I didn't think so. All my friends didn't think so. No one. No, everyone thought it was going to be a complete romp. And at this part of this, you know, the game, you know, no one's expecting this. But then the Chiefs are like, all right, I don't know what that start was, but let's get our stuff together. Let's go. And the Chiefs, they just ran the Jarek McKinnon train. He combined for 142 yards. They're throwing screen passes to him. They're, you know, handing the ball off to him. And the crazy thing about this is McKinnon really didn't get that many, you know, looks and plays and carries. The whole entire season for the Chiefs. You know, they normally had Clyde Edwards Hilaire as their starting running back. He unfortunately got injured a couple weeks ago and wasn't active for his game. And they have Williams as well, who, you know, was a little banged up as well. He played, but he was a little banged up as well. So this is something that no one really expected. McKinnon just kind of came out of nowhere. And, you know, we gotta give credit to Patrick Mahomes as well. He had an absolute dream of performance outside of that interception. You know, he went 30 for 39 and ha had 404 passing yards. Four, five touchdowns. This is kind of the game, the way everyone expected this game to go. You know, not a lot of expectation for the Steelers or Ben Roethlisberger. And as we saw, you know, that's going to be the end for Ben Roethlisberger. Just sad to see he has a great legendary career, but you got to be happy for him that at least, you know, he got to go out in the playoffs. He didn't have to go out, you know, during the regular season not making the playoffs. Or even worse, last year, you know, he could have retired after that Browns game and he wouldn't, you know, his last game would have been known as the game where they got blown out by the Browns. But, you know, the end of the season for them, the Chiefs are going to move on. The Chiefs look like the Chiefs, and they're going to have a huge matchup next week against the Bills, arguably probably going to be the game of the week, and everyone's going to have their popcorn ready for that one. Now, the final game of Super Wildcard Weekend has not occurred yet. It's occurring Monday night, brand new format. Instead of having games just Saturday, Sunday, they put a little bit on Saturday. You know, two games Saturday, three games on Sunday. And they, you know, they add a little nice one Monday night. You know, they like the little Monday night tradition. ESPN definitely enjoys having another game to cover. Um, it's between the Cardinals and the Rams, you know, division rivals in the FC West who, you know, split the series, game series this year, each of them winning away. And, you know, going this game, two things you got to really see is momentum going into the playoffs. The Cardinals completely just limped into the playoffs. You know, they lost. They lost four of the last five regular season games. And, you know, the, the the funny thing about this is the Cardinals start off the season so well. They're, like, arguably, like, you know, week 10, they're, like, the arguable, arguably number one seed. They're going to dominate. Like, this is the Cardinals' year. Here we go. And then they kind of start to pull what they did last year where they didn't make the playoffs. They had a great start, but ended very poorly and ended up not making the playoffs. But in this game, you know, the Rams – They've been heating up towards the playoffs. They've won five of the last six regular season games. And yes, you know, quarterback, their quarterback, Matthew Stafford, hasn't had, you know, the greatest performances in this stretch for them. You know, he's had some turnovers, but this is something I think he can fix and he will fix up. And even if he does commit a couple of turnovers against this Cardinals team, that Rams defense is arguably one of the best in the NFL. And the fact that the Cardinals don't really don't have D Hop, you know, he got injured, unfortunately. I don't really see a receiving threat on the Cardinals. That's going to be something that's, you know, big for the Rams to defend. I think all the Rams defenders can, you know, do fine in coverage against these these Cardinals receivers. And I just think this Rams defense is going to win this game for them. Another big point is this is Kyler Murray's first playoff game. And since 2002, only 35.4% of QBs making their playoff debut have won. So the odds aren't really in their favor. 
we all know playoff football is different than regular season football. Everyone's playing like it's their last game, extra effort. You know, everyone's a little bit banged up. It's just a whole different mindset, a whole different mentality. And I don't know if Kyler Murray is necessarily going to be ready for this, especially like I said before. They have no momentum going to these playoffs. You know, the one game they did win against the Cowboys, they almost blew it at the end. So, you know, they're not on the, you know, the greatest of, you know, momentums right now. But we will see. But I know I, in this game, I'm going to take the Rams. I think this Rams defense, they're going to dominate. I think Stafford's going to put up enough points. You know, he has a dream offense. You got Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup, Higby, who's been, you know, stepping up the past couple of weeks. I think this offense is going to be able to put up enough points to win, and the defense is going to, you know, limit those Cardinals to scoring more points. Now, the Cardinals had DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's a totally different story. You know, Hopkins, I think if they had Hopkins, they wouldn't have lost, you know, for their last five regular season games. He's a difference maker. He's, you know, a top 10 player in the NFL, regardless of position. He's a beast. And he can, you know, catch any pass on anyone in any position. He can jump up and get it. He can run a good route. He'll run past you. He'll even truck you a little bit. But if that was a situation, I might take the Cardinals here. But the Rams just, they're home as well. They have a little bit more playoff experience. They made it last year. They understand what it's like. This Cardinals team, you know, outside, you know, J.J. Watt, you know, he has playoff experience. But outside of him, it's like no one really has that much experience. So I think that inexperience is going to hurt the Cardinals. They're meant, I don't think they're going to be ready for this big moment. And I'm taking the Rams in this game. So that's going to wrap up this episode of the Final Whistle Sports Pod. I want to thank you all again so much for taking time every day to listen. As a heads up, we do have an Instagram page. It's at Final Whistle Sports News. Feel free to drop a follow and interact on our post. We'd love to hear you know your thoughts on the latest sports news and whatnot. So again, I just want to thank you guys again so much for tuning in to the Final Whistle Sports Pod. I hope you guys have a great day.